Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's Beamaz and Beamer. Now, Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. All right, welcome back. Beamaz and Beamer on WBEN on a Tuesday morning. That's right. And it is Beamaz and Beamer. I thought you were welcoming me back. I'm, uh, (laughs) (laughs) you were here on Friday. I was here Friday, that's right. Hanging out for a little bit. Uh, So, yeah, we're both back here with you. Thanks for being with us here on WBEN, where, you know, we're at the end of a long weekend. We were just going through Joe's weekend off the air. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, maybe maybe I can put this question out to the to the people to the for the text board, right? So pick up my car on now. I made a mistake. I didn't go to the place I usually take my car. Big mistake. I thought yeah. I was annoying them, so I went somewhere else, and now I'm I'm going to go back to my and was, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I saw other people. I do want it to be known too that I've uh, given you the name of a place. You have. You have over and over again. Yeah. So I don't want people to think that I'm just like leaving you out there to no, drive. But my go-to guy is great and. I don't know why. I went so and great. He, can you call him your go-to guy if you didn't go to him? Well, here's the thing. They couldn't see me until Thursday of last week. Now, I still don't have a car. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I was like, oh, I'm bothering them. I'll take it. This is probably something small. Turns out it wasn't something small. But uh, So I go. I pick it up Friday, right? I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I go. I put the money down. I get the car. I'm not a half mile down the street. The thing starts overheating. Now, that was not an issue when I brought my car in. My car's issues were starting, right? So I take it back and go, okay, it starts. Now it's overheating. That was on Saturday, Saturday morning, and I have not had my car since. Wow, that's uh, yeah. the worst. <laughs> I mean, I'm, uh, I'm very lucky at 30. I, I, I hate being in that situation. I'm very lucky at 33 that my father's retired and my mom doesn't use her car much and that I've been able to borrow their cars, and I'm very, very thankful for them, and when I was filling in for Bowerly, for my wife picking me up. So I'm very thankful that... Uh, I feel like we should almost save this, though. This is like a show. Okay. This is... I mean, I feel like we can tomorrow... Unpack this a little more? Unpack this, open up the lines for everybody to weigh in and help you out. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Should I be charged for any of the stuff that I had to bring it back for when no. you had my car for a week? No. Okay. Um, yeah, if they had it for a week, I mean, they should kind of... In the minute I take it off the lot, it starts overheating? That's the thing. It's not like, you know, after an hour or something driving around, it's like right away. Right. I could still see the place. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> never a good sign. No. So, no, 
Unless it's part of the... You, you don't really know what the original problem was, though, do you? I don't. All I know about this is I do know the original problem did not involve overheating because I drove it from my apartment to this place, right, mm-hmm. which is not near my apartment. I didn't, like I said, I could still see the place leaving, and it started overheating. So this was not part of the okay. orig- of the initial issue. So, yeah, I this whole thing, I think we can unpack this tomorrow and get All you. Right. We might even get you in a new car by 10 o'clock. I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I, I, I feel like we might be able to help you out there. I mean, here I am trying to talk my talk my dad down in the price of his car. Yeah. But, yeah, let's see. Let's I, see what we can uh, do. I, I like that because I think a lot of people are having the same problems right now. It's not the time nope. that you want to be having any sort of issue with the car. Like I told you off the air, the, the, the Civic that I drive, which before it started not starting, mean, it has to start, right? But before those issues, it was driving great. But then when it doesn't start, it doesn't have yeah. much use. Um, but for what I paid for that, if I paid that now for a similar car, right? So I bought that in 2015. It's a 2013. So if I got a You'd car, end up with the power wheels. Right. If I got a car that was two years old with only 12,000 miles on it, if I paid the price that I paid for the Civic, the best I could do is a car that's maybe four years old that has over 100,000 miles. Why would I pay for a car to inherit problems I'm already having? Yeah. Yeah. No. It's, it's a rough time. It's yeah. a rough time to be looking for a car. I don't know if there's an easy answer. But I, I, th- I like that. On tap for tomorrow. We're going to get you an answer. I know. We're going to get you some uh, good uh, suggestions. Now, can we assure that I'm going to be here tomorrow? <laughs> That's, well, <laughs> I guess I guess we'll see. Um, but no, I, I did want to dive into something. This is something that I started to kind of look at when you weren't here. All right. Uh, but we didn't really get that far into it just because there was so, you know, I, I think last week there was a lot of just trying to talk your way through Everything, right? A lot of the last two weeks. So anything that came up, I feel like was just in in passing. It was just like another one of these things that you're just grabbing in your head. It comes up, you're thinking of it, and you're letting it go. We're grasping for all different types of solutions and answers and feelings and everything last week. Uh, But this is one of those things that came up. And, Joe, it came up again over the weekend. And I can't shake this from my head because I like the idea too much. We brought it up with Sean Ryan, who was on with us under an hour ago. And this is why it's coming up again. This is Al Sharpton, who was in Buffalo over the weekend. He was at the funeral for Ruth Whitfield. And he was speaking to a crowd that included... The governor. I told the governor just like they worked with her and I and others about keeping the bills here, building them a new stadium. If you can build a new stadium, you can build a new supermarket. And so there's Al Sharpton. He's speaking about and basically saying, hey, if you can build a new stadium for the bills, you can build a new supermarket on the east side of Buffalo. And it's something that came up in passing a couple of weeks ago, Joe. And, you know, here it is again, this idea that we're talking so much over the last two weeks about the food desert, about the need for help, about the need for some other option for people on Buffalo's east side. The need for options in a part of the city where people don't have reliable transportation, like you're going through right now. Right. The need for, you know, something... To be done. What does that investment look like from the state? That's the cry for help, right? We need investment. But 
those are the things that it's like we were talking about earlier this morning. You know, we need gun control. Well, you know, we also need some specifics. Right. You know, we need what does that look like? We can't just throw money at a problem. We've learned that time and time again. Specifically, what does it look like? Well, specifically, and this was the idea that came in passing a couple weeks ago, and here's Al Sharpton coming into Buffalo, and maybe you do sometimes need an outsider's perspective to tell you what's going on. What does the investment look like? Why does it not look like building a supermarket? Yeah. That's not saying that you're going to have a government-owned and operated supermarket. Right. In the city of Buffalo. Right. But we've seen this time and time. You look at the Tesla facility downtown. You look at the current stadium where the Bills play. Yeah. You look at any number of different things all around western New York. You expand that all across New York State. That the government has bought and paid for in the name of making people's lives better. And whether that's the windmills that don't work uh, along the thruway or you name it, Joe, how many of these investments actually made people's lives better? I don't know what the answer to that question is. But given everything we've seen in the last two weeks, given that they're spending a billion dollars to put a cover on less than a mile stretch of the 33 in the name of improving life on the east side, right? would a smarter investment not be simply building the structure of a supermarket somewhere in that neighborhood so that people have another option to attract some? You build, Here's the idea. You build the building, you have the land, you demolish whatever's there, you build the building, a brand new supermarket, and then you say to whoever it is, Tops, Wegmans, Save a Lot, Aldi, name the grocer I've yep. never heard of before. Here's hey, the shell. Here it is. Yep. Here's the building, here's the land. You move in and stay here. And that way you're not putting up all this money. You don't see it as that big of a – well, it still would be a risk, but it's not as much of a risk to you. You see how much this community is reaching out, asking for this option. You move in. How would that not be a good investment for Buffalo? Uh, Brian, I I, uh, I completely agree. I, I do have to go back to something Sean Ryan said. He completely dodged – the 33 question, in my opinion, um, saying that the two aren't related. I, I, I'm sorry. Like, I I would love for someone involved in the uh, the roof on the 33 to tell me why that, why that is necessary and how that is a better investment than taking that money and, and putting it into the east side, into that, into that neighborhood um, uh, where Top says. I, no, we, I've asked the mayor that question, and you asked uh, Senator Sean Ryan that question this morning, and both times I've been unsatisfied with the answer. Not that Joe Beamer being satisfied with the answer or not is the be-all, end-all, but I, I think they're completely dodging uh, where that money could better go. To your point, we see this all the time. Now, again, you're talking government-funded, but we see this all the time where plazas – I talk about this regularly – where plazas are built, buildings are built by developers – and, hey, if we build it, they will come, right? Mm -hmm. 
why can't the the state, as you said, and, and the answer, Brian, I would say is less than 50% of money they've spent that's actually helped a majority of people. Um, why not the state or incentivize a developer to build on the east side, right? Give them some breaks. Give them a reason to build. And they build the grocery store. Maybe you work a deal out with, with one of these developers and build the store. But from all the ideas that I've heard and the ideas that we've actually pumped money into as a state, the 33 project I keep going back to, I don't understand why this wouldn't be one of the first things to do after you hear the struggles of those on the east side. And I'll go back to it should start with building a new tops. It, it, you know, you look at uh, you look at where other disasters have 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 you know where other terrorist attacks have, uh, have have happened. Those buildings get demolished. They turn into memorials. I don't understand why that's not the first thought with tops and the state coming together and saying we are going to build you a, a, a supermarket. This will be a place to remember. I um, and that's part of the discussion too. I mean, should that be demolished? Should that be reopened? What happens there? I think a large part of why everybody's saying it needs to be rebuilt is because it's the only option. If there were another option there, I think you'd have a louder call to say, no, (laughs) I don't want to step foot in anywhere near there again. I don't want to go shopping there. And on the 33, it's, you know, I can see why you would say it's related. I could see why it's not. It's related, but it isn't. I like the, you know, I like what Al Sharpton said over the weekend. I like the comparison to the stadium because it's the same thing that gets me saying, yes, I'm totally fine with the state spending $1 billion. It didn't even end up being that much, uh, but even more on a stadium for the Bills, even though the Bills don't need it to have this. The NFL certainly doesn't need it. It's, you know, part of the NFL extorting cities, you know, you can, it basically is. But why am I okay with it? Well, I'm kind of okay with it because I look at everything the state spends money on. Yes. And I say, well, I kind of think this would have a bigger impact than a lot of the things the state spends money on. Right. And if we're spending money to build things, why not this? Right. And to me, this falls in the same line. No, generally speaking, I don't think it's a great idea to spend private money to build facilities, or public money, excuse me, to build facilities for private business to go about their business. But we're doing it anyway. Right. It wouldn't be the first time the state has done it. So if we're doing it, and we're not going to stop doing it, Right, and if we were to totally stop doing it, the money's not going to come back to me. We know it's, it'll be spent on something right. else. It won't. It'll be spent on something outside of Western New York. So, if we're searching and searching for ways to spend money that is supposedly going to help people, and we've seen for two weeks the impact of not having the only grocery store in one area of the city, wouldn't it stand to reason? I mean, you could connect the dots A to B. Hey. Here we are, a state sitting on a bunch of money that we took from taxpayers that we're going to use to help uh, people all across New York. How should we spend the money? Oh, hey, here's an entire community of people reaching out, calling for someone to help, and 
invest in that community so that they'll have somewhere else to shop and get prescriptions without having to walk somewhere and hop on a bus or get some sort of mass transit investment there. It it seems like a very simple solution that, by the way, would cost a lot less money than putting that lid on the 33. Uh, 803-0930 to join us this morning. Uh, with your thoughts on this, uh, we'll go to James. James, you're on WBEM. What are you thinking about all this? Good morning, gentlemen. What I was thinking about is a situation I, me and my wife went through with starting a business and that um, what they could do with that area instead of having big investors and developers coming in to put stuff down there, which is rough because of the condition of the area, is put out notification to people to come down to the SBA, Small Business Association, offer them a class. They get through the class. They've showed competency. They can be open for grants to start a business, plus applying for guaranteed loans through our local banks. Those people that live in that community start small businesses in those communities to be up the communities to make them more appealing for the people that live in them. Also, it can also increase some hiring for some minuscule jobs to put money in pockets that struggle, that don't have transportation and live in the areas. And on top of that, and that the other thing I would have as a stipulation no liquor stores, no bars. I want complete, you know, regular, legitimate business down there, not to feed into blight and struggle and hardship and everything. I mean, if we're going to put okay bars and liquor stores, you might as well okay crack crack dealers on the corners then because you're just going to feed the flames at that point. It's going to go right down the tubes. Well, James, that way. James, the idea is, you know, a good one. Hey, let's teach people how to invest in their own community. Let's give people the resources to set up their own business. But I, I don't think the two ideas are mutually exclusive. And I think if you are, what you're talking about is, all right, that's how you build something in the long term. Um, can, should we be waiting for the long term for people to go through a class to get a loan, to build up businesses, to change everything, and then make it attractive, right, for uh, a name brand supermarket to come in here. I mean, this is this is a 20-year project, which is not a bad project. But the question here, right, is if the state is spending money supposedly in the name of helping New Yorkers, right, investing it in business, investing it in building things. I mean, think of what the... Here's another thing the state built. That long shed on Canal Side. <laughs> Can anybody tell me what that is or how that's helping anybody? Yeah. The carousel. That's cute. Uh, but it's built there. How about the big the structure carousel. on the Outer Harbor where they, they had a concert this uh, weekend? Yeah, T-Pain. Where, by the way, we have to cap the amount of people who are allowed to go to that concert so that everyone can get on and off, right. uh, which I heard went very well. But that was because the attendance was capped at about 4,000 people. So no more people or else we'll overflood. But we're building a huge structure there, and that's a state structure that we're building. Uh, we're building all of these things that are nice, but if we're spending the money to build, is it all right to ask the question if we can do it in a better way? And you might be totally against this idea again of using public money for private business in this way, to build a facility for private. But if we're already doing it, why shouldn't it be done with a supermarket 
on the east side of Buffalo. Right. And, and Brian, as you said, I'm I'm not, you know, I'm usually not the one to suggest spending state money, but New York State, as we've pointed out, has spent money on things that we still don't know what the use of them is. Um, and that was not proper English. I apologize. Someone on the uh, Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, did they build a new school in Sandy Hook? Yes, they did. And they're going to do the same in Uvalde. So, you know, federal money goes to um, tearing down these schools and rebuilding them. And again, I think that's the right move. I don't think anyone should have to go walk back through that. I, I am surprised that it, it, it's it, it's a debated um, subject about rebuilding the tops because Brian, you talk about having to dr- you know drive or, or or take public transit two or three miles. Well, what about when they do reopen that tops and you have a neighborhood where at least you know everyone there knew at least someone or knew someone that knew someone, and now you're going to have them go walk back into uh, that grocery store. That that to me is. It's always been something uneasy to talk about, and you know, I think New York State, another example of New York State spending money, um, I think New York State can spend that money uh, wisely on the east side. 2017, New York State did a downtown revitalization initiative, okay, with cities like Brooklyn, Staten Island, Jamaica, Albany, Hornell, New York. Now, just think of that for a second. Batavia and the Falls. Buffalo didn't get any of that money. It was over $200 million. Um, and, and, you know, each city got either 10 or $20 million. Buffalo didn't get any of that. So the state did spend money to revitalize some of these areas downtown. Now, we've done a pretty good job of that our own here in Buffalo. Why can't the state spend that kind of money also on the east side? Can you think of how far $20 million could go on the east side? Uh, just another example of, the state doing what you're talking about, giving that money to um, build structures and to revitalize these downtowns throughout the state. Um, Buffalo, not part of that, again, would be very, uh, I think, very helpful and a wise use of the state's money. So what do you think? Is this a good idea? Is this a better way for the state to spend dollars to help out New Yorkers? Is this about tearing down the tops? Like I said, you know, about, um, you know, the discussion of getting everybody to get involved, start their own business, giving people the resources to do that. Listen, I don't think it's a mutually exclusive discussion. I think you could be talking about a different supermarket here. But you could also just be talking about building a new home for the tops. Either way. What do you think? 803-0930 to join us here on BMAS and Beamer on W. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. BEN. It's Beamaz and Beamer. Now, Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer. News Radio 930 WBEN. We're back here, uh, Beamaz and Beamer on WBEN. And we're uh, looking at Buffalo's East Side. And one of the suggestions, one of the things that kind of came up in in talking our way through things over the past couple of weeks is, you know, this idea. And it was said again this weekend. Al Sharpton speaking at the funeral of Ruth Whitfield while in Buffalo over the weekend, talking directly to the governor. I told the governor, just like they worked with her and I and others, about keeping the bills here, building them a new stadium. If you can build a new stadium, you can build a new supermarket. And, you know, I heard him say that, and I said, you know what, in the same vein, yeah. That line of thinking, yeah, that does make sense. If you were supportive of, and we've, you know, how many shows have we done in the stadium, Joe? If you were supportive of the state spending money to keep the bills in Buffalo by building a new stadium, then I... I don't see how you couldn't be supportive of the state spending money to construct or attract a new food shopping option on the city's east side. And, you know, to rehash this again, it's not like the idea of it doesn't sit well with me of, you know, the state spending money on this new football stadium, uh, the state helping out private business to to grow or build the facility that they're going to use for their own benefit. The idea behind it kind of makes you go, "Eh, I don't know. But when you kind of look at the whole picture and see that the state is doing this over and over again, you want to say you want to stand up when you see a project that you think can make a difference and say, yeah, let's do it here. And so I hear Al Sharpton say that. The idea came up uh, the other week. Why wouldn't this happen in Buffalo? The state's throwing around all this money every single year. 
We have heard for two weeks about the food desert now in a part of Western New York, unfathomable to most people living in Western New York. But if there is such a problem, and it's being talked about over and over again, why wouldn't we address it? And can we do that relatively easy? Uh, We talk about these big picture items like putting a cover on a mile of the 33. It's a billion-dollar project. It's more than a billion-dollar project. But to start, it's a billion-dollar project on something that will abstractly help the community, right? That you have to kind of wrap your head around the fourfold idea behind why this is going to be such a benefit, right? A cover on a roadway. This, you don't have to do any wrapping your head around. You hear about the problem. We've heard about the problem every day for the last two weeks. Well, here's the solution. Build it. Yep. If you have the money, build it. And try to get somebody to fill that space. And there is a direct solution to your problem instead of something that takes two or three, you know, roundabout turns to figure out how it actually applies. Yeah, it's like I said, I didn't understand uh, Sean Ryan's answer to that question, but you can you can see this. I mean, just go down to Jefferson and take a walk from the library to the tops. You'll find someone on the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board, Brian, is saying um, suggest a location. Literally right across the street from that tops is an empty lot where you could build a new grocery store. You have a, a a strip of buildings that have no use. They're empty. They don't even look like anything could go in there. You know, they've been vacant for decades. Tear that down. Now I've found you decent space uh, to build a new grocery store. And, and like you said, you don't have to wrap your head around it. Just talk with anyone on the east side, and they will tell you how this will benefit. Uh, those in the neighborhood, and I always say, if we're if we're benefiting um, the east side of Buffalo, we're benefiting all of Western New York. Uh, when they gain, we gain uh, as a community. And um, it, in my opinion, this all starts, and I think it's it's bigger than just one building, Brian. But this all starts in my, for me uh, with building a new tops. I know right after um, right after the shooting, you know, everyone was saying we need our grocery store back. We need it. I think as time has passed, and and you you know. I think people are realizing you walk by that tops, it still emotionally hits you, right? I, I don't think that will ever go away, especially for those who were either in the building or knew someone that was in the building. Uh, I think the right thing to do, and I think the state has the money, uh, is to is to offer the money to rebuild this tops and build a bigger and better tops. I, I just I think as time goes by, more and more people are realizing I can't enter this building, but it doesn't just stop there. Right. It, it, it starts with the tops and then we can go on. And we're still nowhere close to the one billion to put a lid on the 33. Yeah, I I'm, I approach it a little bit differently. I don't think this has to necessarily apply to tops in particular. Uh, I think that can be a fully separate conversation. And in the meantime, you work on finding another way. Right. F- building right. another building of creating a second option because if something happens to one and there's no number two, then you're closed down. 
whether or not you'd want to go back into the tops, I, I that's a tough. Uh, that's a tough question. I personally speaking, Joe, I think I'm like you. I don't think I'd want to shop there. Right. So, you know, that would be my personal opinion. Do I think that means you have to knock the entire thing down, rebuild there or somewhere else? No, I, I, I don't necessarily think that that means that. Um, would that be nice? Sure. But to me, this is almost a separate discussion of, okay, what happens to the tops is um, one. And for as many people who would never want to step foot in there again, I think there would be also people who say, you know, a rebuilt store, completely different on the inside, a similar thing to what happened in Colorado. They opened that King Supers about a year after completely renovating the inside of a shooting there that took 10 lives. I think there are plenty of people who would be fine with going back into that store. Right. I think you can build a second option. And, and, and I completely agree. You said you said it's unfathomable to think, you know, of one grocery store and that's it. Brian, you and I could take a walk down Maple and hit four grocery stores before we even get to the boulevard. I mean, just think about that compared to the situation on the east side right now where, I mean, they only have one grocery store and obviously right now it's not open. Tony's in Buffalo. You're on WBEN. Tony, what are you thinking? Good morning, gentlemen. Um, as a kid, I used to work at a grocery store, and there was three or four grocery stores within a three-mile radius from Jefferson to Bailey and Delvin. They had to close because of crime and theft. And I would think, me personally, that that's probably the reason why there's no investment of new grocery stores in that area. Well, Tony, that's one of the reasons for sure, right? I, I mean, if yep. you are a business, you could be a grocery store, you could be a Target, you could be—I mean, you could be anything. If you are one of these chains, you're looking for where to put your next investment. These are the things you have to keep in mind, right? Are is it going to be worth it for us? To build a store here, will we be able to profit in the long run? I mean, that's the question every business should be asking, is asking. The idea here is that after two weeks of hearing about a dire need from people all across state government about a dire need on the city's east side, Keeping in mind, Tony, exactly what you said about why businesses would be hesitant to build something new to make that investment, marry the two together. The state sees the dire need, an area where they can make an investment and say to a business, some sort of supermarket chain, look, we have taken care of some of the risk for you in building out this building, of owning the land. We built the parking lot. We can be your landlords. You know, how do you want to operate this? But we built this structure in the hopes that, okay, there's something off of your back. You don't have to worry about that. There's part of the initial investment out of the way. Will you move in and give it a shot here? to operate for the next 
five years, 10 years, whatever that agreement might look like. And somebody's texting in, why should the state build a supermarket in Buffalo? Why do taxpayers have to uh, take the bill, foot the bill for part of the city's east side? And I would throw back, I, listen, I understand the question. But then if you're asking that question, it's like the stadium discussion we had so many. Why is the state building a long shed down on Canal Side? Why did the state construct a big building and put a children's museum in there? Why are we making a concert venue on the Outer Harbor? Why are we spending money on anything? A lid on the 33. You're, they're spending money with the idea that it's going to help people live a better life. And here's the example of how that can happen. I, I know it's an example of how it can happen because for two straight weeks, we've heard that this is desperately needed in a very populated area of western New York. So why wouldn't you act? Well, and as I said before the break, Brian, uh, the state did spend money into infrastructure and building buildings for the cities of Hornell, Elmira, Brooklyn, Penyon, James. I can go on and on. So the state did it for them. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I know this sounds childish. I'm gonna. They did it for them. Why shouldn't they for Western New York for Buffalo? Well, that was on the heels of the Buffalo Billion, which, by the way, yeah. I will remind you, yeah. was almost 100% spent on building a facility right. in Buffalo, completely, not only building the structure, but outfitting the structure with all the equipment that the state bought and paid for, right. making it move-in ready for a then Solar City, then it was Panasonic part, and then but now it's all Tesla. Elon Musk. They did that for this company to move in. They said, okay, we're going to get jobs out of this. It's going to bring business to Buffalo. It's going to make the uh, people in Buffalo's lives better because we're going to build this facility for this company to move into. Why would the same idea not apply for a grocery store on the city's east side? And you know what? If it doesn't work out, well, trust me, that wouldn't be the first time. What it Two weeks ago, I was uh, before all of this, I was talking about windmills along the thruway that the state spent $8 million <laughs> and they will never work. Right. right. They don't work now and they won't work in the future. And that's not money that the state is going to get back. This happens. They can't sell it for parts? <laughs> Maybe they can. <laughs> Scrap metal is up for it. You can build a new car out of it. Oh, good. And uh, sell it for something uh, worthwhile. But, but that's... It is what the state is doing. It's what they will continue to do. If the money is not spent building a new supermarket in Buffalo, it's going to be spent building a new statue next to the locks in Lockport. <laughs> right. And this is not a comment on any of these projects, whether they're worthwhile or not. But if we're doing this, and we are, and we will continue whether you like it or not, after the last two weeks of hearing these stories, of seeing the outreach, why would this not be the best way to spend the money? Right. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And to Tony's point, Tony, I, I, believe me, I, I know I, I, you're right. 
And that's why I said, uh, when I've been talking about this, I've said, it's not just, oh, the state needs to do this and that's it. Or, no, it's everyone needs to come together. It, the state, I said developers, uh, law enforcement, local leaders, and those in the community. Because you know who wants crime on the east side to stop more than anyone? People on the east side. Uh, so it, it does take everyone working together. And I think that starts with the initial investment from the state. And as we talked about with Mayor Byron Brown, maybe some of that investment is into extra law enforcement. Maybe that money does go into law enforcement. He said that. Um, so I, I don't think that's going to go without being addressed. But like I always say, um, you know, the crime on the east side, no one wants the crime on the east side. Um uh, to, to go away more than those on the east side. Uh, but it's definitely something, it, it's part of the equation, no doubt. It's just taking it for what it, I, I mean, I can go through all these comments and it reminds me of the, because it's the same discussion. It reminds right. me of this, this the discussion we had around a Bill Stadium, right? And you can sit here. It's like, here we go again. With your head in the sand and pretend like these investments don't happen. Right. Or you can see that they're, it's happening all around you and say, okay, well, if we are going to spend money like this, what's the best way to do that? Joel Giambra calling in. Joel, welcome to uh, B-Man's and Beamer. What's on your mind? Hey, fellas. How are you doing today? I really appreciate the uh, dialogue this morning, and I thought it might be an appropriate time to let you know that uh, I have been involved uh, for over a month or so now since the bills uh, and the government officials announced they were going to build a stadium in Orchard Park to assemble a group of people who are as angry as I am uh, about this really, really bad public policy decision. And as, as we talk about the city of Buffalo and the options for finding solutions to possibly some of the inner city problems that have existed for such a long time, uh, is to try to stop or slow down this process uh, for a stadium and look at other options. There are other options that are available uh, in urban areas that will provide much more economic benefit and opportunity uh, to the people around the stadium than the stadium has produced in Orchard Park over the last 50 years. So, um, there are options out there other than covering uh, the, uh, uh, the highway uh, to help uh, deal with some of the problems of poverty and injustice that have lasted for so long in our city. What, uh, as somebody who spent a lot of time in government, Joel, what, when I look at this from the outsider's perspective, I almost think that everybody's thinking too hard. Right. That, you know, this idea of covering the 33 or whatever these big um, we mentioned, the carousel at, at canal side. There are always these ideas that, you know, oh, we can do this and then this will happen. Then that'll happen. It's like they're trying to be the first domino or spur something or I, I don't know what the answer really is. When in reality, if you were to ask people, normal, everyday people in whatever neighborhood you were trying to spur this development, I feel like the answer would be very simple. And instead of, well, making a park on top of the 33, and that will increase house values, and then that will lead to this, and then this will lead to that, and then maybe in 10 years all of this will come together, that if you ask people there, they said, well, how about just a supermarket? 
that supermarket, obviously, I was involved um, during those uh, discussions when there was a big push to locate a supermarket in the inner city. Um, so I understand that. I understand the whole uh, issues that are confronting the Broadway Fillmore, the Maston, and the Elgin districts. I've lived with them for a long time. Um, but there is no silver bullets, right? We all know that. But there is a project right now that has been approved uh, for $1.4 billion that uh, has 70% or almost $1 billion of that coming from the taxpayers. And the taxpayers have had nothing to say about how much money was going in and where it was going to be located. Five people, in essence, made a decision to spend a billion dollars of your money and my money without consulting with us, without doing a full-blown environmental and economic assessment to determine where to place the stadium, where it will achieve the greatest economic outcomes. And it certainly is not Orchard Park. We know that 50 years ago, uh, elected officials made decisions to put the stadium out there. There's a whole host of reasons, as we know, why it happened. And there's no need to repeat history. But if the decision 50 years ago was, let's see if we can put this big slab of concrete out in the middle of nowhere and see if it generates economic opportunity. Well, folks, the experiment is over. 50 years, we've seen no real development of the surrounding area. Other than birth spikes and a few restaurants, there has been nothing that the stadium has provided when it comes to economic opportunity. We now have a chance. It's not a project 10 years from now. It's not a project five years from now. It's a project that's happening as we speak. And if we want to talk about economic and social justice, then why are we putting the stadium as far away from the black and brown community as possible. So when I see all these elected officials, all right, talking about we're going to do this, we're going to do that, why isn't anybody standing up and saying we have an opportunity to do something to help the region, not just to help the owners of the Buffalo Bills? Well, hey, Joel, hate I- to uh, cut you off, but we're out of time here. Joel Giambra on uh, WBEN. I. Listen, I think it's a discussion worth having. The money's being spent. Can we do it in a way that more directly impacts people? I think there might be a way there. We'll be back here tomorrow. Beamaz and Beamer on WBEN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.